Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Janine Harold, community volunteer. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual lunch and learn. So is that a virtual lunch? I guess. And virtual learning? It's kind of like the Matrix. You're like eating, but it may not be real. You know, Matrix is, is coming out with another movie. No, they're not. Yes, part four. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think they can recreate the magic. <laughs> but they brought all the cast back together. So. Oh, well, okay. Be, be looking out for that one. We'll be on the lookout for that. Well, this virtual lunch and learn will be Thursday, October 21st from 1130 to 1. What's it going to be about? It is entitled Leading Through Adversity. Leading Through Adversity. So yes. something adverse is happening and you have to lead yourself through it or others. Yes, indeed. This will be an interactive session in which participants learn what it takes to see themselves and those they lead through adversity. Together, we will identify realistic and difficult situations in the workplace that are defined by uncertainty and anxiety, which are included to, but not limited to, financial difficulty, rebuilding culture, launching new processes or product lines, and change in leadership. Those get on so many people's nerves. That's a lot of change. That's a lot of change. Nobody likes change. Well, maybe some people like change. Most people don't like change. Most people don't like change. But this is going to teach you all about how to identify those changes and those struggles and how to lead through them, through the adversity. Who's putting this on? This is presented by Jonathan Jones. He serves as the executive director of Motivate Our Minds. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Janine Harold, community volunteer. Welcome. Thank you. You're Good welcome. to be here. No problem. Now, you have another title that you just told us off air, so go ahead. With that it. was my professional title because I'm the Ball State University Career Center Director Emerita. Okay. And I'm very particular about that because I had four years of Latin, and so the, the feminine version of that is Emerita. Oh, not emeritus. No. Okay. I wondered. I heard you say that. I'm like, that's different than how I usually hear it yes. said. So, okay. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've lived in Muncie most of my life and went to Ball State, proud graduate of Muncie Central High School, a um, couple of degrees from Ball State. When I was first married, uh, my husband was in the Army, stationed in Albuquerque. And so I lived with him while he finished out his um, service. And um, New Mexico has become 
our favorite vacation spot as a result of that. And it has changed a lot through the years, but we've traveled most of the state and that's where we like to go. But in retirement, we chose to stay here. A lot of our friends have not, and that's been difficult for us, but it was one of those things. He's a little older than I am and retired earlier, but when I retired, it was, there's no shortage of things to do or needs, I guess, in the community. And, um, My earliest years working, I was um, kind of a community social worker and um, worked in community education and adult education, and I could just see that there were a lot of things that still attracted me, things that I could do and ways I could contribute in retirement, so we've stayed here. Okay. Well, we're glad glad you stuck around. (laughs) Thank you. Well, tell me about the professional career from the, you know, your 20s till retirement. What yeah. what all have you done? My earliest goal was to be a social worker, and that's what I did. But I got into adult education, and it was at a time when people were, you know, the Vietnam War was winding down, people were changing careers, and I got into adult career, working with adults in career change. And that set me into the whole career development uh, profession. A couple of my mentors and former supervisors in the student affairs area at Ball State talked to me about some opportunities there. And I, I went there in the mid-70s on um, a grant-funded program to look at to kind of assess career programs, and I stayed there until I retired in 2008. Okay. And I did a lot of different things. I set up the student employment program, experiential ed program, and then in 1986, we pulled all of those things together into what became the Career Center. And so I stayed there in with that program. Um, took it through a move. We moved to Lasina Hall. There are just mm-hmm. a lot of things, but it's still the career center. So I still have a you know a connection um, emotionally, I guess at least with that organization. Now you've had a lot to do with uh, the Schaefer Leadership Academy yes. as well, right? Yeah, that also was one of those things. I guess just being at the right place at the right time, and um, the two, uh, you know, the two people who had the concept, Andrew Dale and Richard Douglas, um, said, "What are you going to do in retirement?" And so this was well, I had been part of, I guess, testing some of the concepts because I was one of the organizers of the Muncie Young Professionals Group. Oh, okay, yeah. and so we tested out some. Some of these things, you know, they were our guinea pigs and um, some of the young professionals in the community and you know all of them because um, a number of them are still here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was just like, is there really a need for, and you know the program well, what is, it's different. It's not, um, it's not a particular leadership uh, application as much as it's, you know, training people to be leaders. Mm-hmm. And that kind of spoke to the kinds of things that I'd done. I'd always been in, you know, developmental kinds of fields, whether it was developing, you know, new opportunities for adults in career transition, or whether it was 18-year-old college freshmen. So that was something that appealed to me. And um, so I've sort of been with it since the beginning. Um, I was not on the board for a couple of years, and I'm back as an emeritum member of the board. So you, Muncie Young Professionals there, you were, uh-huh. you were there in 2006 when it started? 
I started it. You started it. I did. Okay. Well, I you started You and Tracy Lutton and somebody else? It was before Tracy. It was even oh, okay. before Tracy. Yeah, it was okay. before Tracy. Um, and this, again, was something that actually the uh, Doug Bakken with the Ball Brothers Foundation said. You know, I've been hearing that we have this brain drain in the community and we can't mm-hmm. keep young professionals. And, you know, and so it, it was just kind of a casual conversation where we were both at the same place at the same time. And he said, is that anything that you know anything about? And I said, (laughs) well, "Well, yeah, I kind of do. But I also said there really isn't. I I said, I don't think there's an organization. I said, I know Ball State doesn't really have any kind of, you know, whether you wanted to call it a welcome wagon, which was what they originally thought about, or something else to keep young professionals i mean at the university we didn't have that and so we just looked at some things and and the ball brothers foundation said if we gave you a little bit of money to plan some activities or organizations what would you do so i pulled together some people from the community that represented you know employers large employers uh, including ball hospital and because they were all saying the same thing And that's how it got started. And then we had, there were really about three people, James Mitchell, Tara King, Whitehead, and... and Suzanne Clam. Those were three, but they all happened to work for me. Okay. So <laughs> it was one of those things. They were all career center staff So at the time. So it was like... Well, that makes a lot of sense. It made I went, a lot I of went sense. to that first meeting in 2006 that they had over here at the Rose Court. Right. The, you know, kind of a cocktail party. Exactly. Yeah, that was the first real social. There yes. had been several planning things, and Ball Brothers Foundation was great. And and just saying, you know, if we can help organizations keep people, you know, and it's not and it's not just a Muncie, Indiana, you know, and there's there was also this big movement that still is, um, you know, it's called, you know, next generation communities. And, mm-hmm. and what is it that attracts people to stay? And that's something that, you know, we sort of expanded on that. And we developed some programs in the Career Center sort of for graduating students so that they could explore and evaluate communities, not just based on where the job offer was, but what was it going to be like to live there? And, you know, we have, I guess, a community where there are so many attractions 45 minutes away that sometimes people decide they'd rather live there and work here than to, you know, live and and work here. So that's just an ongoing challenge. And it'll always be a challenge. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt was when I first met you in 2006. Yeah, we you took me to a couple of those events, and yeah. you were part of it for several years yeah. until we decided we were no longer young professionals. <laughs> well, and, and you know, we never established oh, an age. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, young at heart. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was heart. just whatever you think. You know, yeah. if this is some place for you, and so then I worked with. We tried to get a mentorship program going. Uh, Tracy was involved in that. By that time, I think Tara had it had recruited her yeah. and um and so we we looked at a mentorship program and that's hard, that is hard. Yes. <laughs> an organized yeah. mentorship program takes a lot of work and, and so that was hard tell us about your personal life your family I have one family member here in Muncie Indiana it's my husband Gail and um, he had a career in various 
um, business aspects of local manufacturing organizations. But he's a he's a descendant of pioneer settlers in Delaware County. Really? So yeah. Okay. And um, so the Heralds, most of the Heralds who've lived here for any time at all are related. Okay. My big hobby is genealogy and family history, so um, I know everything about his family. And um, more than he does, actually, <laughs> and, and more than he really cares to know. But, um, but my you got the documentation. <laughs> I, have the, I have the documents. And my family um, were settlers of northeast Indiana and northwest Ohio. Okay. And they were pioneer settlers. And so this— Fort Wayne area? And north, and all north the way that. to Michigan. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. the this part of Indiana, you know that okay, corner, the corner. Up there. Yeah, Lagrange, Steuben, Noble, those counties. So this is something, and I don't know. You know, people say, "Well, how did you get interested?" I don't know. My husband said that I'm just a busybody, but other people <laughs> have described me better, and they said I'm just naturally curious, and so I think that's more positive. That is. And so, but I've always I've been- I've got some in- ants like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been interested, and I mean, since a child, I always wanted to, you know, when I would meet family, well, you know, how did you get here, or what, you know, so it's always that. So that's a that's a personal um, hobby of mine, and so that's that's one thing I've done. But it also is part of, um, I guess, the inherent interest in people and societies, mm-hmm. and so whether they're living or dead, <laughs> um, interested in how they lived and where they lived and and what they did with their time and what they contributed, and that just kind of, you know, I frame everything. And, and people also tease me, you know, because I'm sort of the organization's genealogist, too. So I know, okay, that organization started here, and gotcha. these were the people, <laughs> and this is where it went. It just, I can't help myself. No, that's so. great. That's good uh, talent to have. Yeah, so, but I did decide that there were things that I had done professionally that I could also do as a, you know, community volunteer and being engaged. And I've, um, I've done some consulting with some local nonprofits in, I'm particularly interested in strategic planning and board training. And so those are things that that I like to do. And I'm sure you've been day. able to help some around here. So. Well, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I've been I, a part of some of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I mean, that's always my goal. And then I become sort of a friend of the organization sure. yeah. too. So that, you know, kind of an, Oh, I feel some sense of, you know, ownership if, um, if organizations then are able to be more successful afterwards and and here as i say you know there's there's no shortage of needs in our community you know and a lot of that happened because large organizations that used to have that responsibility or assume that responsibility moved away and then small organizations didn't have the resources to do it and so i think that goes back again to where schaefer came in and that's what they saw is kind of their role. And, um, and I've done some work with United Way and feel really, really attached to that organization as well. So we have a daughter who is married and working in Los Angeles. Um, she, uh, she works in the design field, and she's married to a writer. So they're 
kind of place bound right now. I don't know if they'll always be in Los Angeles. It's a tough place to oh, yeah. live and work right now. Yep, it's but Hollywood. If, but if you're a writer, it's that's kind of the, where you need to be. So, yeah. Well, yeah. and you don't have to be as much anymore. Well, but he has a longtime writing partner. In fact, they met in graduate school and they've been writing together for over 20 years. So, wow. um, so cool. she's our only. Everybody in my family, you have to get on a plane to go see. Or they, they, have they to. all spread out. Yeah, right. So yeah, we have no no close family anymore. Okay. Well, it gives you the places to visit. Places to go. It's been um, it's been rough the last oh, yeah. year and a half. We did finally fly in June for Father's Day weekend. We went to L.A., but um, we are tentatively planning to go again. But um, it's not as easy as it used to be. Yeah, you no, know, it's just sure. we used to complain about standing in line an hour to go through TSA, but now it's like. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We just—it's it, just one of those things. You just kind of block it out and say, "If I want to see them, this is how we have to do it," because it's not as easy for them to to travel with with work. So, what do you like to do for fun? We're interested in plays, music, the arts, the all of the cultural things that Ball State has to offer. We like history. We like museums. We. Don't do European travel. We're more of the backroads of, you know, local America. states, America. Yeah, American okay. travel. What do you think, just because you said museums and different things like that, what do you think Muncie is missing? Meaning there's a lot here that, that we offer, but is there anything in your, after traveling and things, anything in your head that, that we might be missing that we could use? Oh, gosh, that's a really... That's a deep question. Sorry. It's an awful, <laughs> it's an awful question for a half an hour, you know, program. I don't know because uh, I mean one of the things that I'm quick to point out is that unlike some of my peers, I don't pretend to know everything that you're interested in, and so I'm really interest. I'm really more interested in even if I think that having a skateboard park is a dumb idea because people would get hurt if there are enough people who think that that's a good idea and you know parents of kids who want to do that then you know then fine it's really not up to me one of the things that um Schaefer Leadership Academy did and have you been through Fusion the, the yeah. generational mm-hmm. I'm really really interested in that and so I'm more apt to sit around with people and say as long as it doesn't hurt people or it's not illegal and it's affordable then communities ought to determine you know when you have a critical mass of something that people are interested in then that's what they ought to do you know this community is loaded with nonprofit organizations so probably the first thing I would say is some of them need to merge in order to (laughs) sustain themselves. But besides that, you know, what is it that they support? And, you know, having things like the free concerts on Canon Commons Mm -hmm. or the digital um, access to the Owsley Museum or the Heritage Collection at Minnetrista. I mean, those are things that a lot of communities don't have. So what is missing, probably is missing, is the continuing education and development of people so they know what we have. Okay. Rather than saying, oh, gosh, we don't have that, and so I have to go someplace else. So really yeah. the promotion of the assets that we have in this right. community. 
and people work at that i know and i'm not oh yeah i'm not crit- i mean i know people say well we used to have two newspapers and we, yes i know and i know all the reasons why we don't but we we should still support the people who bring us the news and however that happens. Well, we, we complain about it all the time. We've been in business for eight years and not everybody knows us and we think we've promoted the heck out of ourselves. I know. <laughs> so, and I know so your logo and well, so but that's and if because, that's us, we're a marketing company. That's our job. So yeah. if I'm a non profit or a you know, a asset to the community and that's not my job. how much harder is it to get that word out but see then i've been you know that's because i'm the perpetually curious one Mm -hmm. so it's like oh well what else do they do you know it's kind of that (laughs) yeah so so what's something you wish you would have known when you were first starting out or something you'd tell younger people when they're starting out a couple of things that i used to say to parents who would get really they were really concerned because their 18 year olds didn't know what they were going to do with their life you know and i would say it's okay because i told my daughter this too it's okay to start out in college being undecided it's probably not okay to finish that way you know so someplace <laughs> someplace along the line you need to have some kind of a you, know, you need to, you need to work on how to make decisions and how to how to take advantage of opportunities or how to make your own opportunities. Have you ever read the book What Colors Your Parachute? Or have you ever seen the book mm-hmm. by Richard Bowles? Well, I was a I was a Richard Bowles like a trainee. He was a mentor of mine, and so all the things that I learned about making decisions, uh, career decisions, were just were really spot on and so it was kind of you know take advantage of opportunities but also make opportunities for yourself because they won't all come your way I mean you know you're entrepreneurs and so you've had to invent things and develop things and and create things and and I guess that's the the thing that you know people who say well you know nobody ever told me about that well you know, did you ever ask? And then, you know, also being the parent of an only child um, made some, you know, we used to say, you know, don't screw up because you're our only chance for, <laughs> you know, for legacy or whatever. So, and yeah. And she moved out to L.A., so that's She moved cool. to California 15 <laughs> years ago in her Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> With only what she could pack in it, she didn't have a job. Um, but she, she made it work because she's you made set her it, up. Didn't she's you? made it work. It was not anything that her her career center director mother thought was a good idea, though. I'll tell you that. So what? You don't have a job? Well, you know, she had friends, mm-hmm. and she says, "Mom, I've just always wanted to do this," and she's still there. Well, she's made it work then. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she has. Well, I know you don't like to keep lists, but do you have anything on your bucket list? I don't have a bucket list. Okay. I don't even know for sure what that... I mean, I can remember, was it a movie or yeah. when mm-hmm. people started talking about their bucket list... I wouldn't have kind of a big enough bucket, you know, if I started putting down the things that I wanted to do. So I don't. So uh, 
what I say is that I just get up every day and I try to be relevant. And so, and I try to do something, you know, as I said, you know, the last year and a half, I have zoomed my way across country. (laughs) I have been to museums in other states. I've enjoyed programs put on by, I went on a a walking tour of neon um, neighborhoods in LA. Um, I've been to Treasure Island on uh, San Francisco Bay. I've done everything that I've known to do to kind of take advantage of those opportunities that I couldn't do otherwise. Right. And um, I zoom my way to Fort Wayne, Allen County Public Library. On average, well, for a while in the in winter months, probably twice a week. In the summer, maybe only once a week because of their fabulous educational programs. You know, I just try to take advantage of the moment. You know, I want to see family and be with friends, but I don't have, there isn't one place that I want to go or, you know, one thing that I want to do. So no, no okay. bucket, That's no list. <laughs> That's okay. Now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. So number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? Um, Probably the Beatles and Paul McCartney. Okay. Are you an early bird or night owl? I'm a night owl. Okay. What's your favorite book? You got to narrow it down. Well, as I mentioned earlier, probably the thing that I use most in professionally was What Colors Your Parachute and the principles in, in that book. It's still being published. Uh, Dick Bowles died last year, but um, yeah, that's probably still my favorite. Have you ever met anyone famous? Well, you? Well, of course, nah. us. Besides <laughs> <Duh>. us. <laughs> yeah. Other than us Muncie people. Sure. You know, I mean, professionally famous. I I was on a program um, years ago at a professional conference that I was on a panel with Evan Bayh. Okay. Um, that was pretty exciting. I yeah. even have my picture taken with him. So, um, yeah. No seeing stars with your daughter out there in Hollywood? Actually, we did. We were eating at, have you ever heard of the restaurant uh, Musso and Frank? You've seen it because it's in lots of movies. Okay, but it's I'll a Hollywood it. restaurant. It's a hundred years old, and and um, I met Sandra O oh in the ladies' room. Oh, okay, does that count? I that, that counts. I That's think perfect. that counts. Yeah. <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure? I don't even know what that means. Like chocolate? Like what? What do you go to? Uh, that's not good for you, basically. What's oh, your a lot pleasure? of things. So, yeah, that... <laughs> I mean, that. a good whiskey, a nice no, wine. No, whiskey, no. A little bit of chocolate. Yeah, oh, sure. Lowry's, I mean, is, does that count? I that, think counts? that counts. Oh, Absolutely. okay. I never yeah. thought of it. I thought that was like, you know, one of the basic food groups. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, it is, too. <laughs> sure, yeah, right. They've just reopened, too, I know, for the I'm season. Excited. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? You know, they, um, Netflix has been running some movies, and I don't really have a favorite, but I did watch Chinatown again the other day. Have you seen Chinatown with Jack? Nelson? Not recently. I watched you, it uh, you watched a couple it. of times since college. Well, the reason I watched it was it was about, uh, if you remember, it was about the Los Angeles water. Yes. Situation and the politics that went beyond that. Talk about timely. So if anyone pays attention to that, which I do, of course, because that's where our our kids are, it's Chinatown. Yeah. Great movie. Okay. What's your hidden talent? Oh, good grief. I don't know that I have any. 
Because if I had any, I've been using it. You know, I don't want to hide anything. People know about it. I need, I need everything that I have, yeah, okay. to make it through the day. So I don't think I have any. Okay. But you're good at genealogy. I'm great at that. Perfect. Okay. Yes. I'm gr- oh, okay. No, Google. Google is my friend. That's my motto. So, yes, I'm a good researcher. Okay. Perfect. Do you sing in the shower? No. How about the car? No, I used to sing. Um, I was in the um, High Street Youth Choir, um, but I don't sing anymore. What did you sing back then? Like church music. Church music. Yeah. Well, I sang it. I think I sang in um, high school groups as well a little bit, but I was never, you know, no doo wop or anything like that. Or? Only when they have the repeat shows on. Channel 49, you know, PBS oh, yeah, yeah. for the fundraisers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do that. Do With that. all the moves, too, of oh, course. Nice. Yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. That's all right. See, I thought you'd be totally Star Trek. No. See, my brother, in the early days, we were living in Mishawaka, and we got television from Chicago. Yeah. And Captain Video and his Video Rangers was one of, you know, a handful of shows. And my brother, I have an older brother, and, you know, he just kind of ruined it because that's what was on TV all the time. And I just, after that, it was like, I can't watch this. I can't handle this anymore. (laughs) So I've never been a fan. That's all right. What's the most used emoji on your phone? I was an, this was before emojis. I was an early adapter of the happy face or smiley face just because it's so funny to me. It's just like, really? And so I've, um, I've just, I suppose You've that's You've always been one. a happy face. I have always been a happy face, and, and I have a very good friend who's really a professional artist, and it was good enough for her, so I figure it's good enough for me. There you go. Perfect. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. It's been fun to be here. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Bye. Bye. You know, we've had some funny episodes here recently, such as uh, uh, the one where we asked Alexa to do a part for us, <laughs> yeah. and uh, something about baloney, and a, f- a few other ones we've have really funny ones. tickled our own fancy. Yeah, and apparently tickle- tickled our listeners' fancies, too, because we have gotten some uh, feedback? feedback, some emails, some comments on Facebook, and different things about how everybody loves it, but the most thing people have commented on is how much they love to hear me laugh, which I That is true. It's, it, it's pretty funny. So in front, we, we don't have anything. Funny. We don't have anything so, to talk about. <laughs> so in front of me, I have the 2000 questions about me book and we are going to, uh, well, I'm going to ask the question and you can answer it and then I'll try to answer as well. Uh, some, some ab- obscure questions, just okay. some random questions. Ran- all 2000 things you could want to know about Matt and Angie. Exactly. So number 382 have you had a strange encounter that you can't explain or are scared to share? Has something otherworldly happened, happened to, to you? Happened to me? Yes. That that you're like, mm, no. I don't talk about it much because it's it's strange. No, I don't think so. Now, you've told me about living in a house, though, that somebody was murdered in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not murder. It was a suicide or something. I don't they know. They died by suicide. Yes. yes. And then your parents well, bought the house okay. on the cheap. So don't let me. All right, let me back up. Let me back up. You, 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 you let it. You, okay. So when I was very small, yes, uh, like 
pre-kindergarten. We lived in this house in town in Alexandria, and later we moved, but I was always scared of this house. When Mm -hmm. I was little, I remember it just gave me the creeps. Something about it made me feel weird. I hated the basement was down there. I hated the basement. I hated the living room. I hated it all. It just made me creepy. So then... We moved and and like years later, as a grown up, we drove by this house with my parents and I was like, dad, man, that house always gave me the creeps. It always freaked me out. And he's like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so that we know died by suicide in that house. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, we got it for really cheap. And I had to like clean up like the scene and stuff like that. Now, my dad likes to exaggerate so i'm not sure how much <laughs> if that's true or all not, of this but, is true or not but you moved into this house after a, a traumatic event after a traumatic event and it scared the bejesus out of me for my whole life and i didn't know it until i was in my mid-20s that's funny yeah now how about you me uh when when i remodeled the house the farmhouse right. that, that we live in Hanks, now, that sometimes we back call in it. 1999 we we moved in in 2000 right around his birthday in october near october 13th that year in the year 2000 i think if you look that up that that that's a real real date well that week of we got random phone calls um that nobody was there they just hang up um, the electricity would go out at the same time each day. Every day. Every day for the week that, that we were there. And we just moved in in August. So October, right. like just these random, weird, weird things were was happening. And then it, it stopped. It quit after October So after 13th. his birthday, it just all stopped. And yes. it doesn't happen like every October. No, no, no. It just, just happened that, that first year. That first year. Hmm. Do you so. think he was trying to let you know, like he was there like, and he hey, approved? Hey, but uh, I'm not going to bother you anymore. Hey, that's all right. So. Anytime anything goes missing or something weird happens in our house, I always... You blame it on I Hank. I blame it on Hank. I'm like, Hank, <laughs> knock it off. What was the most memorable class you've ever taken in school or college? I really liked my advanced biology class. It advanced was, biology. It was the equivalent of an AP biology class, but my cl- my school wasn't accredited. There's some kind of funny show on uh, Peacock, I think, about AP bio. Oh, really? I loved yeah. it. We dissected a cat. I learned, we had to learn all of the muscles, all of the bones, all of the everything, how to spell them, where they were, what they did. I thought it was really fun. My mom did not think it was very fun when I had to bring the cat home to study over break for my big test. We named it Stinky Chicken because the meat looked like chicken and it was stinky. There you go. There you go. How about you? My most memorable class was probably in college. Uh, single camera, single video camera. The teacher, the instructor, he was very harsh, but uh, I made lifelong friends in that class. Uh, still today, I talk to both of them. So that's where Dottie yeah. and uh, Mary, That that's how I know them. In your opinion, is there anything lacking in music today in or mus- from music today? Music today? Today. The stuff... The top 40 on the radio today. Well, I try not to listen to radio because I'm more of a podcast kind of girl. But that's true. I think it all sounds the same. It's all like manufactured, which is fine because like manufactured, they make hits and they make. They've been that... manufacturing hits forever. Forever, but, I know. But, but they make things they want to hear. Today, and I've got a strong opinion. On I'm it, sure being a DJ, you do. Yes. But uh, but I want your opinion. Like, uh, I don't know. Just like original like kind of sounds like you don't really hear that much anymore because it all sounds kind of the same well my thing is yes yes there is definitely uh a big shift happened right after i want to say 2014-15 you had uh, uptown funk by bruno mars mm-hmm. and 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 that little era that was the last really good music now of course yeah you've had lizzo 
Dua Lipa has come out. I mean, those are, are fantastic tunes, but they're all retro tunes, uh, you know, pulling from the past. And yeah. They're really good dance tunes, easy to listen to, that, that sort of thing. But yeah, the young people's music right now, I think, is uh, is, is too manufactured. It's too much. So I'm really expecting a, a more grunge movement or a just raw garage band thing to happen. I've been waiting for that for years, but it hasn't really happened yet. I think but, it's uh, coming, but I mean... yeah. The teeny boppers, like, there's money in that. So you can sell out concerts when we go to concerts again, and you can sell downloads or whatever. However they count that stuff anymore, I don't really know. But Exactly. Yeah. But I think there's this whole undercurrent of, of artists and musicians out there who, who don't make it to streaming platforms and things that uh, th- there's a whole economy there that's happening that always happens underneath the radar. And oh, I think yeah. that's probably the coolest thing about music and, and uh, listenership. So. Okay, thank you, Mr. TJ. Okay, thanks. Turn the records on. What's your favorite accent? Accent? So, like, Australian, British. Stop in the morning, do you? What's your favorite? <laughs> well, I think a good English accent is always good, because that just sounds like so much more posh and fancy. Well, since we watched the Dairy Girls, I love that accent. I cannot understand that I accent. I can't understand it, I had but to it's watch so it. funny. <laughs> we had to watch it in subtitles, because I'm like, what are you saying? I just started watching something else, and it's so sub... Like, I can't understand what they're saying, so I have to put on the subtitles. Well, my other question here, number 421, do you ever watch movies with subtitles? Well... We watch shows with subtitles. We watch... Like, if we're watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever... I like watching them with subtitles. I used to not because I'm like, what kind of old people watch shows with subtitles? But now I'm like, why doesn't this one have subtitles on it? I don't know what's going on. So I like it because it helps me figure out what they're saying. Now, I don't want to watch like foreign films. They're like dubbed and they have subtitles there. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to watch that. No, but, but like Outlander. Like oh, they yeah. have those Scottish accents. They have accents. those accents and I can't understand it. And yeah. so we need subtitles. Oh, I'm watching this. Love Island. That's what I'm watching. And they are in, well, they're, in Spain, but they're English people in Spain. And I can't understand. I have the subtitles on. I can't understand what they're saying. They have weird, like, slang. I'm like, what? You get Kraken? I don't know what that means. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. How would you do as a contestant on a reality game show like Survivor? Or alone? I would die. <laughs> if I was on alone, I would most definitely die. I would never be on alone because I would never, unless you, like, took me hostage and made me do it, I would never do that. Well, what about Survivor? I mean... Uh, I mean, Survivor, maybe, because, like, uh, like you have to work with other people. I feel like I'm okay at working with other people. Okay. I feel like I might not be the one who gets voted off the island first, but I might not be the one who makes it till the end. Okay. How about you? Uh, I think I could survive for a while on Survivor. Uh, the Alone, I think I would last at least a few days. Um, I'm trying to... Well, I mean, you were a Boy Scout, so you know how to like make fire and pitch a tent and make shelter Yeah, I'd really stuff. have to study up before I went out there in, in the bush. I because... mean, you're not cu- killing a muskox or anything. <laughs> there is no such thing as a muskox. No, on Alone, they, he, the, the one in the sub-zero weather, he killed a muskox and ate on it for like months. Oh, that big. Yeah, the it's big like thing. a it's like a, a like a moose. Moose. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Sorry. But you'd have to brush moose. up on your skills. I'd have to brush up on my skills. Mm. Yes. Okay. Now if it was like Love Island, I might be able to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Quick side side note. So when Temptation Island came out oh my in like two thousand three. That was the very <laughs> long ago i love that show so much that i started a reality tv blog that lasted for 
I've talked about it before. A long it's, time. It lasted at least eight, ten years there. So I know. And All because of that show. Because of Temptation Island. Oh, yeah. You know, I've never seen that show. Oh, it was so good. Uh, it was so terrible, but so good. That's like me and Love Island. Like, now oh, yeah. I'm like super into it. I need to know what happens. <laughs> and you like that, what, the circle or whatever, or... The circle, or... the circle. It was the one, love, uh, love uh, is Blind. Or... Love is Blind, where they didn't see each other. Yeah, it was... Oh, there's a Love is Blind, like, where are they now that it's on Netflix and I haven't watched it yet. But I'm going to. Because <laughs> I want to know, where is Mark and the girl who, like, was so much older and she hate, he hated her, or she hated him, or whatever. I don't know. I need to find out what happened. All right, last question. What do you think is more likely, Dracula or a werewolf? Both fictitious things, but which is more likely? More like I think neither one of them are likely. Like, a vampire cannot survive on blood. There's not enough nutrients in it, first of all. Really? I mean, there's enough iron. I I think there's been historical reports of people, like, drinking blood and stuff like that. Yeah, but that was for, like, weird sacrifices and stuff. I know, keep you young. Spread it all over, take a bath. But like then but then for like a person to turn into a wolf is pretty far fetched. I agree. I, so I, I think of vampire. Yes. Yeah. The old Vlad the Impaler. Impa- Vlad the Impaler? Yeah. 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 Being a what, lycanthrope? Is that what it then Yeah, lichens. You you watch Underworld? No, but I've I've seen all those movies. <laughs> They're awesome. I know you have. Only because Kate Beckinsale's in them and you That's love her. And you love oh. her. <laughs> <laughs> who, who doesn't like that girl? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think a vampire, it would take a toll on your body. like and like. and What, drinking blood? Well, take it, yes. But no, turning into a werewolf. like you. Oh like, yeah, that would that would hurt. You, it would hurt. You're, you'd like, get stretch marks. Your bones would stretch. Your skin would stretch. Like you'd rip off all your clothes all the time. It's totally fictitious. I know, but it just seems like hard on your body. <laughs> logistically speaking. Just like when the Hulk would turn into the Hulk. I'm like, dude, yeah. how many clothes does this guy have? Well, he had that gamma radiation thing going on. So Did it matter? Did it fix his clothes too? Oh, it magically uh, fixed your skin, so you you didn't rip it apart or anything. It just grew with yeah, you. Yeah, but like, what about your spleen? Does your spleen grow with you too? I do not know how big the Hulk's spleen is. Also, does his internal organs turn green? I know. Along with everything else. I don't know. Questions. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Maybe a Marvel movie will come up and show it. Probably. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone gone boss. boss.